the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Today's guest, Mike Dooley, believes that life is magical, that we are powerful, and that dreams really do come true. He has made it his mission to remind people of this every day. Mike is a former PricewaterhouseCoopers international tax consultant turned entrepreneur. He is best known for his free Notes from the Universe emailings, social network postings, and his New York Times bestsellers, Infinite Possibilities, and Leveraging the Universe. Mike was one of the teachers in The Secret, and his inspirational books emphasize spiritual accountability. Mike's new book is A Beginner's Guide to the Universe, Uncommon Ideas for Living an Unusually Happy Life. Welcome, Mike. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Joan, for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. So, Mike, I have to start this conversation by asking, how does a person go from being an international tax consultant to a man who teaches about spirituality and messages from the universe? You know, I think uh, I have to point the finger at my mother. Um, <laughs> she was British and um, stiff upper lip and all the that uh, a British attitude normally entails, including lots of order, lots of discipline. And um, and that was kind of uh, what led me to go into accounting. You know, I, I thought, you know, hard work, early bird gets the worm, um, be prepared have the background, do the schooling. But she also had um, an esoteric, uh, intangible, uh, kind of unicorn and rainbow attitude, which is so uh, bizarre. Uh, and and I, I know that the sense that she gave me growing up that sticks with me to this day is that, you know, all things are possible. And if you want it, you can have it, you can do it, you can be it, you know, dreams come true. God helps those who help themselves. Uh, she was a, a pretty traditional Catholic until maybe I was around 20. And, uh, that kind of led to a search for spirituality without religion, which opened up a lot of doors and windows and possibilities and kind of synced it all together. So uh, I got my accounting degree, but I wanted to be an entrepreneur uh, with an accounting degree under my belt. And after six years with PricewaterhouseCoopers, I, I did that. I joined her and my brother, and we launched a T-shirt company selling his designs that ended up being coupled with my inspirational quotes about dreams coming true. And we had an amazing 10-year run, at the end of which we bought mom out. Um, the t-shirt business was more difficult than when we had started. So we kind of split the pie and I took uh, the database, the website, you know, with an agreement and um, began sending out my writings instead of just putting them on t-shirts, uh, putting them in inspirational emails, which turned into notes from the universe, which is uh, the core of what I do to this very day, sending out inspirational message to people, you know, for free by email. In this, uh, this time of transformation, in really, I would call freeing yourself, because I was 
a lot like you are. I was um, mm-hmm. raised an Italian Catholic and very, you know, play it safe most of my life. I did everything that was expected of me, went to college, mm-hmm. raised a family, just towed the line, played it safe. And my life literally had to fall apart for me to get an understanding of what life is really about and mm-hmm. just how powerful our thoughts are. So from your transition, from that person who, you know, played it more on the safer side and did what was expected, yeah. how has your life changed from that person to where you are today? Oh, so profoundly. And I hate to think that, you know, our examples might make people people feel like their life needs to crash before it rises. I really ardently teach otherwise. Um, you, you don't have to experience every form of contrast. Uh, you don't have to go through all that you hate to find out what you love, so to speak. Um, for me, gosh, it went from doing what I felt like I had to do to doing what I most wanted to do. Um, although the transition was so tricky because when the old me kind of stopped living it was like okay now what what is it what is my dream and i think if anybody you probably know too uh, is on the path of doing what they should do you become desensitized and you don't even know anymore what it is you really want to do you know all the money in the world will not make you happy everybody knows that um my uncle would say you know well it sure helps but it doesn't it doesn't do the trick and in the end uh without something to do that you enjoy nothing is anything and um and so that was true for me i didn't know what the life of my dreams was when this kind of transition happened so as i advise audiences now assess your sucky options give yourself a deadline and choose the least sucky you know the free least sucky because then at least you're reachable um of course have dreams uh, i teach people to ha- how to dream of abundance and not get embroiled in details or mess with the cursed house thereby giving divine intelligence if you will free latitude to connect the dots for you in the quickest happiest way but in the beginning you're taking steps down a dirt path that is not the life of your dreams uh, and wanting it to turn into the yellow brick road uh, and it will but stop watching it roll up your sleeves be present, do the best you can with what you've got from where you are, and then the transformation begins. The phoenix takes flight. And I agree with you because um, I, in this line of work, happen to meet a lot of people whose lives fall apart and then they reinvent. But you're right. The key is to become aware while you're living your life. You don't need to fall apart to reinvent or to recreate. And that's really when the awareness comes in. That's the key. Yeah, you have to be self-aware. I, there's a note from the universe that's in my, uh, well, it's in several books, and it says something to the effect of enlightenment is not delivered to those so ready. It is summoned by those so ready. You know, it just doesn't land on your head from the sky. You have to summon it. And it can come to anybody who summons it, but you have to have the wherewithal to say, hey, maybe there's something I'm missing. Hey, maybe there's more to life. Hey, maybe I could view relationships or healing or fulfillment or creativity or service in a new bolder way that would enhance my life. You know, and if we don't ask that question, if we don't summon it, then until we get to that place of enlightenment, to greater knowing, we will stub our toes. We will fall. We will go down and sometimes in a blaze of glory. It's um, it's it's the dark night of the soul. It's the life crashing and burning. But that can all be avoided when not only are we challenged, but when things are going well, yet we ask and ponder and have some introspection and say, you know, where else can I take my game up? What else can I know about God? Uh, and to me, that would lead somebody on a spiritual quest and not a religious quest. I think the two words, the two concepts, religion and spirituality don't necessarily go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. But until you get to that place, um, you know, you belong to a religion perhaps, and that means you're in an exclusionary practice and half of the world is not going to go to heaven and blah, 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 and, and you don't even realize that you're creating bars around your life and keeping people out and and keeping love in and and that will either come about as a fall 
that, that, that you are invited to look within and expand your definitions, or it'll come about when you just ask, does this make sense? Does this serve all people? Is there, does it empower all people? Does this concept speak of life's beauty? Um, and when the answer isn't a clear yes, um, there's something else to learn. Mike, your brand is around thoughts become things. Mm-hmm. How do you believe thoughts shape our lives? Well, the best analogy is uh, that of a nighttime dream. I think nobody would question uh, that our nighttime dreams when we're sleeping in bed um, are pure thought. But also, I don't think anybody would disagree that for the person having the dream with sweaty brow and racing heart, to the person having the dream in the moment of the dream, it's real. It's total reality. You're reacting to it. You're going to remember it occasionally in the morning. Um, You're going to learn lessons from it. You're going to be inspired or terrified by it because to you in the dream, it is real. But yet, on the outside of the dream, it's easy to say, it was just your imagination. It, the lions and tigers and bears and Romeo and Juliet, they were figments of your imagination. You created them. You projected them. But you hid from yourself that you were creating them on the fly so that whatever the purpose of the dream was could be achieved. And and when I give that talk, I, I'm never speaking to the purpose of a particular nighttime dream, only that there is one. You know, the, the, the scare tactics, the shock learning, um, the practicing of arguments, uh, or whatever it is that comes from the dream, I think, you know, contemporary psychologists would tell you work gets done in the sleep state, in the dream state. We orchestrate it. We create it. We hide from ourselves that we're creating it so that the objectives, whatever they may be, will be met. But uh, it, it is just a dream. And so when I say thoughts become things, just like our thoughts literally will create lions and tigers and bears in our nighttime dream or wonderful things in our nighttime dreams or the car we drive or the gravity that holds our dreaming body to the street as we walk down it in a nighttime dream. I mean, there's gravity, there's math, there's physical laws in our nighttime dream. Who creates all that? We do, just like we created here. And the house of it is not so important as just a simple recognition that we are all creators, divine creators of God, by God, pure God, and therefore we can create intentionally, and we can have more good days than quote-unquote bad days. We can have more love than have hate. We can have more health than sickness, and whatever else your heart desires, you can have it. This is the basis of thoughts becoming things, of dreams coming true, of believing you shall receive, um, and and all the wonderful things that we tell kids and that we were told as kids about how awesome life can be. And I think, Mike, that there's this awakening, there's this shift that's taking place because we've spent so much time looking externally to fulfill us and to complete Mm -hmm. our lives. Mm -hmm. But by understanding what you're talking about, we can learn to go within. We're so powerful when we understand that we create the life that we want. Oh, yeah. We are it. You know, really and truly, when you look around, you realize that life is made up of you and more you. There's like only you. Mm -hmm. And now that doesn't mean there's not other people and perspectives, but in the truest sense, we're all of the same spiritual family. And the truest sense, we're all of one. We're one. We're God. We're all different, different windows through which God experiences and creates reality, you know, the the Joan perspective of God and the Mike perspective of God, and everyone is of God, by God, pure God. I mean, if not, what would they be made of? Non-God stuff that was left in the shed? Whose shed? Where did the shed come from? It's all God, and that is the power. And if if you're looking to the world around you like you just alluded, and, and, and people do, you know, this is exactly the forbidden fruit. This is the metaphorical story of the Bible. The holy books all hint to this because we've been looking for answers and they're attainable. When we ask these questions, we attract the answers. But the forbidden fruit is looking at the apple and not seeing it anymore as the thought form, the projection that it is, that it clearly must be. And suddenly thinking that it's so real that you bite into it. 
and you know you you nourish your body with it and it's be you know now it's not of you it's not from you it's not by you it's a, it's an apple man it's an apple i picked it from the tree it's not me it's different and i'm going to bite it and uh, eating the forbidden fruit is looking to the illusions of time and space money homes cars all of those things that are so distracting and thinking that they are reality and then reacting to them, completely losing sight of the fact that you are a co-creator of that apple tree and those apples. You are the the perceiver and creator simultaneously like in a nighttime dream. Uh, and, and not seeing that, you lose the connection, the awareness, um, the knowledge, the comfort that you are a creator you are part of source energy and and thereby you lose that connection so to speak you deny yourself that ability to shape your future um, because you ate of the forbidden fruit you committed the original sin not realizing that everything comes from within so then what you just described would that be when we attach unimportant details to our dreams yeah that's exactly what that means. Uh, and that's, as you obviously know, one of my core teachings. I teach that when you want to begin living deliberately, and this seems contradictory to, to a lot of focus that's taught out there about being a deliberate creator, uh, you know, a manifester. I teach that ideally, your dreams ought to be generally stated. For example, I, dreaming of wealth and abundance opulence that's an awesome dream whereas dreaming of a million dollars by the end of summer that's those are unimportant details you know a life of wealth and abundance implies uh total freedom when it comes to spending uh it implies a continuing replenished source it implies that the details and the timing have worked out on their own but when you start micromanaging with dates and deadlines and dollar amounts and you want so-and-so to behave in such and such a way and you want your kids to make their bed in the morning and you want your boss to give you a raise and you want your spouse to give you respect, now you're micromanaging and you're giving away your power to not only other people, which is like one of the surest dead ends, because um, you can never make or manipulate people into loving you, respecting you. Sometimes, sometimes you'll have a hit. But, but, you know, people in my audiences aren't there because they want sometimes hits. They want, they want all the time successes. So in that case, imagine happiness, the ultimate end result. Imagine health, not pain removed from my back. Even if you have pain in your back, the way to remove it is to focus on overall big picture health. And then let the details, the timing, everything else sort out with all of your other dreams and their priorities and all of your other challenges and what you're learning and need to learn to make this happen. Uh, and then you're good to go. So don't eat of the forbidden fruit. Don't micromanage the manifestations in your life because invariably all details are a dime a dozen. And invariably, they're attached, different details are attached to different people and or different paths. And when you attach to a person or a path, you slam shut the door on all other possibilities, all other people or all other pathways. And why would you ever want to limit divine intelligence? And this doesn't mean you can't move to a place where there won't be a million dollars or um, Roxanne falling in love with you or the pain in your back gone. You can, but that's not the goal anymore. The goal is bigger, better, further along. The, the goal is harmony and splendor and joy and laughter. And those big picture values imply that all the little stuff shakes out and is taken care of automatically. And so it shall be as you, of course, the other part of my teachings is show up with baby steps, even if it's down sucky paths in the beginning. I, and I like to remind people, as others have, that um, it's always a dirt road that leads to the diamond mind. And for me, the dirt roads have turned in literally to the yellow brick road of my life. And it's like, you know, I, I look down and I pinch myself. How, what did I ever do in my mortal flailings, riddled with self-doubt and insecurities virtually my whole life long, to nevertheless be as successful as I've been uh, as a teacher, as an author, as a husband, as a father? Um, not that I'm perfect, not that I'm not always striving to be better, but so much has come to me. And this is how I started out. I had big dreams. I, I didn't limit 
divine intelligence by trying to micromanage or eat of the forbidden fruit or attach to unimportant details. Mike, you teach people how to create a game plan and take action without messing with the cursed house. What is a cursed house? Um, the cursed house are us deciding how a big dream will come true. You know, a big dream being, like I just said, wealth and abundance, friends and laughter, creative, fulfilling vocations, falling in love with the perfect person at the perfect time. You know, all of those big value dreams. We've been taught, Joan, for as long as we've been crawling, that you better figure out how your dream's going to come true because no one's going to do it for you. God helps those who help themselves and all of that stuff, to which much of it has relevance. But if you think your big dreams will come true by micromanaging, like this next book will be a bestseller. Oprah will love it. She'll put me on her show and everybody will buy it and the money will pour in and I will help people with their lives and I will live happily ever after. If that's what you insist upon and attach to because you misunderstand the law of attraction or you misunderstand positive thinking or you misunderstand the way divine intelligence works and you're going to make people love this book because the universe versus conspiring on my behalf and my thoughts become things. I mean, see, people do this. They, they grab onto great um, pieces of advice, but they apply them poorly. And if you insist on this is the book, it's going to happen, you know, it might not be that book. You can't make people love that book, no matter what kind of thoughts you are thinking. You can, you can imagine success, but let the universe figure out how the success comes. You can pursue your bliss. If it's writing, write more books. It might be your third book. It might be your 14th book. It might be your first book. We're not excluding anything with this approach. But as soon as you say it must be this, and then it's not that, you wonder what went wrong. You wonder what your invisible limiting self-sabotaging beliefs are. You wonder if this is a test that God is imposing upon you. You wonder if maybe you're not worthy yet. Maybe you're not ready yet. Maybe this is a question of divine timing. And now you have torn yourself to shreds, jumped to some false conclusions that weren't even true to begin with. But now you've jumped to them. Now they are contending with other limiting beliefs that you perhaps did have. And now you need a team of people to undo it, all because you tried to micromanage a pathway where there was a better pathway that would have brought you success and joy and happiness and friends and laughter and healing so much faster and so much more naturally in alignment with gifts you didn't even know you had, but were that were soon to be revealed. You can't have any of that now because you insisted on pathway X, or you insisted that Bruno would fall in love with you, or you insisted that that company would recognize your greatness and give you the corner office so you could lead the forces to stock market stardom. And because of those insisted paths, or I call them hows, because you thought you had to figure out how your dream would come true, and then you put all of your eggs in that basket, but yet that basket was embroiled with certain other people having to approve of you, publishers, agents, readers, board members, or that how was contingent on certain bells and whistles showing up, or that how was contingent on anything else because you've insisted upon it. Or maybe other dreams of yours would block that how, but you didn't see the conflict. Now that how is a no-go, but because you put all of your eggs in that basket, the other better, quicker ways are not available to you anymore. So here's what I tell people. There will always be a how your dream came true, and there will always be specific people in your life that participated in how your dream came true. And there will always be cool, sexy details in your life. There's nothing wrong with hows or specific people or details until at the outset of a journey, we say these must show up then. Now we're giving our power away to these outer circumstances, to these other folks. And if they don't march to the beat of our drummer, not only will a dream not come true, but because we didn't try or seed any other pathways, there's no other way it could come true. And then we think, well, God's angry or God's testing us or it must be bad karma or is whatever, whatever, none of which was true. But now you've given all of your power away and you slump into depression. It's like stop micromanaging. And one more point of clarity on cursed hows. A cursed how is a cursed how, not by virtue of what was done. 
It doesn't matter what you do. That doesn't mean it was a cursed how. It might have been a potential how. There's nothing wrong with potential hows. It becomes cursed when you attach to it and insist upon it. If you like, I have to have that corner office. I have to have Mary fall in love with me. I have to have, you know, this miracle cure, you know, whatever. Now you're attached to it. Now you've excluded other possibilities. Now it's going to be a sometimes success at best, and it could be a total non-starter. Whereas if you just insist on joy, you insist on health, you insist on abundance, now the path that you thought was how is still on the table. We're not excluding anything. We're just creating possibilities and leaving room for even better than we knew to ask for at the outset. So a cursed how is cursed when you insist on that's how my dream's going to come true because the universe loves me and there's a law of attraction. The book is A Beginner's Guide to the Universe on Common Ideas for Living an Unusually Happy Life. If you'd like to get more information about Mike and his work, you can visit tut.com. That's T-U-T, tut.com. Mike, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing lessons that you've learned and for reminding us about the power of our thoughts. As you say, the universe talks and thoughts become things. So thanks for being here. It was a pleasure, Joan. Thank you very much. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. How much can the right foods do for you? A lot more than weight control. The right foods can increase your energy, improve your outlook, and strengthen your body's natural defenses. What foods can do all that? Primo Health Solutions will show you using metabolic typing. This remarkable program lets your body tell you what it needs to work best. Call them today at 347-903-7030. That's 347-903-7030. Or go to PrimoHealthSolutions.com. Using metabolic typing, Primo Health Solutions will let your body work best. Soul by Rain is produced from various seed flowers. Its primary ingredients hail from the black cumin seed and the black raspberry seed. These two combine to provide a powerful antioxidant barrier against the devastating effects of stress. Soul by Rain has been hailed as one of the most important anti-aging antioxidants ever discovered. Soul is an anti-inflammatory and it helps prevent and repair radical damages for a healthier heart. Get your soul by calling your rain partner, Elmina Ziza, at 973 973- 722-1154. We all want to live a happy, productive life, but sometimes we just need a little help. Our Coach On Call experts provide strategies to help you live your best life now. Joining me today is Amy Collins, author of the book Infant Inspiration and creator of the online course Moms, Courageous Women Raising the Next Generation. Amy promotes thoughtful conversations around motherhood. Her insightful perspectives look to empower mothers to own their role, clarify how it works best for them, and confidently express it. She's here today to talk about mom brain. Welcome, Amy. Thanks for joining us. As always, Joan, it's wonderful to be with you. So, Amy, the term mom brain, I'm pretty sure I know what this means. So (laughs) when we hear someone say that they have mom brain, what does that often imply? It implies that they're being forgetful, being pulled in so many different directions. You know, their brain just can't keep up with all of it. They're overwhelmed and they start to lose things in the house and details fall through the cracks. It's kind of like looking for your eyeglasses while you're wearing them. Yes, exactly. I mean, there are times scientifically, like, you know, during pregnancy and menopause where a woman's brain does chemically change. Mm -hmm. But other times when people just, you know, when women refer to their mom brains, it's often just like that. You said their glasses are on their head and they're running around looking for them. We are overloaded. We are overstimulated. How does this affect us as moms? When we say we have mom brain and we say in a way that, you know, we're joking about it on some level there, Joan, we're downplaying what we do. And there's no reason for us to diminish ourselves because we need to recognize that this forgetfulness or feeling of overwhelm It happens to everybody. You know, you never hear a CEO say, I have mom brain. You never hear a doctor say, she has mom brain in a belittling way. And people in those positions forget at times or they feel overwhelmed also. And they even have assistants 
right, to help with the details. Moms, most often, we're managing numerous projects all at once and on our own. So even if it's used in a joking way, the term mom brain is downplaying what we do. And we shouldn't do that because raising children is real work. Take pride. It's admirable. And we should be building each other up. So, you know, if we forget a detail every so often, we need to remind ourselves it happens to everyone. Instead, let's highlight how awesome and amazing our brains are as moms. Mom brain really is amazing in how it is processing so much on so many different levels that it should be seen as an awesome compliment to have mom brain, right? It's mm-hmm. like a superpower. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, thank you so much for joining us to talk about this topic. If you would like to learn more about Amy and her work, you can visit her website, createclarity.net. And as always, to hear more from Amy, you can visit our website, cyacyl.com slash Amy. This is WNYM, Hackensack, New Jersey, New York City. Welcome back to Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for staying with us. What do we really know about planning for and achieving success? According to our next guest, Albert Laszlo Barabashi, success is not a direct result of our achievements, but instead an indirect reaction to how those achievements are perceived and valued by those around us. He's here today to discuss the formula for success. Professor Barabashi is a physicist at Northeastern University. He holds appointments in the Department of Medicine at Harvard Medical School and the Central European University in Budapest. He is the author author of The Formula, The Universal Laws of Success. Welcome, Professor Barabashi. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a real pleasure to talk to you. Professor, we're taught that if we work hard, success will follow. But that's not always the case. Why do some people get ahead and not others? That's a wonderful question, and that's really what the formula is about. And, and as you said in your introduction, really, what we need to understand is that our performance is about us, but our success is about the people around us. That is really success is a reflection, the community's reflection of what we do and how well we do that. Now, I was grazed with the idea that if I have performance, I will have success. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly true if your performance is measurable. The better runner you are, the more successful you will actually be as a runner. But most of us work in areas where performance is not so accurately measurable. You know, you have been a successful businesswoman, I've mm-hmm. been a scientist, and so on. These are areas where it's hard to really distinguish people how good they are at what they do. And that's where the formula comes into play, is that what happens when we are not able to see very precisely what your performance is, and what happens when there are 10 people who are indistinguishable from you? How do we choose the winner? So you write about five laws that offer a new understanding of how success and performance are related. What are these five laws? And please just give us a a brief explanation of each. Sure. Uh, The the first law is really about how performance drives success when performance is measurable. And that's the example of the runner. The faster you run, the more successful you are. But, and here comes the second part of the first law, when performance is not measurable accurately, then networks drive success. And we just had a fabulous uh, paper this week coming out about the artwork where we show that because it's impossible to really distinguish a glass of water from an artwork, depending on where you sit in a museum or you're on your desk, it has a different meaning. Therefore, performance is not measurable in art. And then we unveil the hidden networks that really propel an artist to success. So really, when you cannot measure performance, then other factors come in like networks that determine your success. Mm-hmm. Then we come to the second law, which says performance is bounded, but success is unbounded. What does that mean? It means that even if you are very, very good at something, that you, there are many others who are just as good as you are. That means performance is bounded. Even Usain Bolt is not running 10 times faster than I do, and he, he beats his competition only with 1% performance, right? He runs only 1% faster, yet he's the best-known runner out there. So that's what means that you know, no matter what we do, really our performance is bounded. There are many people like us who can do just as well, but success is unbounded. That the reward that we can get for being better than others could be orders of magnitude bigger. 
And, and so now the third law says, how do you get an unlimited success from a, per, uh, from a bounded for at least small differences in performance? And, and that's how I explain how success leads to success. That is, and I also give the mechanism in the book, in the formula, about how you jumpstart that success brings success phenomenon. And that's very important for us to understand that, that success doesn't necessarily come by itself. In many, many cases, we need to jumpstart it. If you are on Kickstarter, you often have to give yourself the first donation. You have to get the first award in whatever areas you are so that you become awardable. And, and there are many other mechanisms how you can jumpstart success. And then that kind of leads effectively to the fourth law. The fourth law is about how do we work in teams, because we do work in teams, and how you put together the right team. And most important, if you are a team player, how do you get it? How do you get credit for what you have done? That how do people perceive once the job is done that you really had a key play uh, to play in that particular achievement, and and finally the last law is about when success emerges, and this is kind of my personal favorite because there has been lots of perception about the fact that success is really a game of the young individuals. Only young people can be creative. And what we learn by analyzing millions of scientific and artistic careers is that is really a misconception, and it's really productivity that goes down with age and not innovation. And as long as you keep with it and you keep trying that you are persistent, success can come at any stage of your career. The book is The Formula, The Universal Laws of Success. If you would like to get more information, you can visit formula.barabashi.com. Professor, in our final moments, how can we use this information to enhance our lives? Oh, that's really the purpose of the formula. I'm giving very specific stories about depending on what stage of your life you are in and what stage of your career, career how you use it. And there's not, not one size fits all. You would use a different pattern that I describe in the book if you are working in a team or if you are a creator that are working individually, or if you are trying to build a business from scratch. So the idea of the formula is that not one formula, but there are many formulas that you can actually apply to many different life situations. Professor, thank you so much for joining us once again. The book is The Formula, The Universal Laws of Success. It's a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Are you having a rough time grasping why you need to be on social media or maybe just overwhelmed with the thought of being on it at all? This is Susan McLaughlin from SMC Ventures with a social media simplified tip. Just be you. Businesses get hung up on the what and why of posting on different platforms because it just takes too much time. Social media is really just a conversation. It's essential for businesses today to be posting on social media, but it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Customers and potential customers want to know about your business. What do you have to offer? Who are you? Your best bet on social media is to just be you. Show a photo from your place of business. What type of services you offer? Write a few sentences or maybe even a few more. So remember, when social media seems to be overwhelming, you do you better than anyone else. For more information, visit our website at smcventures.biz or visit us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. This is Susan McLaughlin from SMC Ventures, social media simplified with Sue. How do you make new friends? Hi, I'm Suzanne Tregenza Moore, mother, wife, business coach, skincare consultant, and middle-aged woman. I'm on a path to rediscovering who I am and what I want, and I invite you to take the journey with me. It is said that your success is the direct result of the success of the people you spend the most time with. I believe that extends to mindset, attitude, and well-being. If you consider this and find yourself wanting to shift your tribe, you may also realize that as an adult, you're out of the habit of developing new friendships. Here are a few steps to get you going on a successful path. Create a clear picture of the type of person you're looking for. I recently decided I was looking for someone who is positive, upbeat, and who doesn't complain. Then identify how you can find them. For me, the answer was to start a book club focusing on positive mindset books. Those who are focused on reading them are usually working to improve themselves and to focus on gratitude. 
This may not be what you're looking for, but the steps are the same. Create the vision of what you want and recognize where you will find it. Want to create new friendships? The power is within you. Join me at SuzanneTMoore.com to learn more about my journey and midlife reinvention. Should your significant other be your BFF? Hi, I'm Julianne Cantarella, matchmaker, dating coach, and owner of New Jersey's Matchmaker. I work with commitment-minded singles, helping them to totally transform their love lives by taking the mystery and confusion out of dating so they can create the relationship they desire and deserve. After years of working with singles and uncovering where things went wrong, I have found a common thing, and it's generally lack of friendship between partners. They typically assume a role of wife and husband and go about their lives, at times seemingly living separate lives. So why do I advocate your significant other be your best friend? Let me explain. A best friend is someone you share your life experience with. You laugh with them. You cry with them. You trust them implicitly. You feel safe with them. They lift you up when you are at your lowest. They put your needs first before their own. Very often, through your friendship, you learn to navigate life. Your best friend is a mirror that reflects back to you all the wonderful things you are. Your best friend accepts you and all of your flaws. They do not expect perfection. When you aren't at your best, they understand and are not critical. So when you keep your partner at an arm's length distance and do not allow them the coveted best friend status, it keeps them from filling that significant role in your life. When you set the stage for your partner to be your best friend, you are deepening the journey of your relationship and creating a deeper bond. To learn more about me, visit me, Julianne Cantarella, at NewJersey'sMatchmaker.com. Hi, this is Joan Herman. Did you know that Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life publishes a free monthly digital magazine that can be read online or emailed to your inbox? Every month, nationally recognized leaders in their field provide information to educate, inspire, and motivate you. We believe in a holistic approach to life, incorporating mind, body, and spirit. Check out a copy of 24-7 magazine, visit CYACYL.com, and be sure to tell your friends. your health. Joining me today is Elise Gates, a licensed mental health counselor and certified rehabilitation counselor. She is the founder and CEO of Nothing But Advice, a mobile application that allows users to connect with qualified mental health professionals in real time via audio, video, or text. Welcome, Elise. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Joan. This is great. So, Elise, you're a mental health practitioner. From your years working in the field, what have you learned about the needs of people who are experiencing mental health issues? You know, one of the reasons why I started to think about the need to launch a new way for users to communicate with mental health professionals was because I really saw within my own practice how times were changing. With innovations in technology, a lot of my patients wanted easier, quicker access to me. They started texting me. They started asking for time to talk in between sessions. So with everybody having smartphones, you really see the immediacy and and people wanting help quicker. Elise, can this type of help be just as effective? Yes, I think this can definitely be effective for helping people with specific immediate distress that they are facing. As a licensed mental health counselor, somebody involved in the American Counseling Association, the American Psychological Association, I would not say that this is something that you would use in place of traditional psychotherapy. But I think it definitely has a role in helping people with issues that come up in their lives at a specific moment that they want to deal with and be able to get on with their day. Tell us a little bit more about Nothing But Advice. How does the program work? So what happens is um, a user registers just like any other site, and they're able to, um, once they're registered, scroll through our advisors that are online and available to communicate with them. Um, Our advisors are qualified mental health professionals, all hold a master's degree 
and have state licensing. Some are certified in different areas. We have PhDs. We have professionals from all various backgrounds. So the user can go on, scroll through profiles, and then pick who they would like to communicate with in that moment. They identify what the distress is that they are facing. And when they are connected, the advisor is able to see all of this in real time. The user is able to pick the method of communication if they want to connect via text message, via audio chat or video chat. So it really helps people communicate in a way that they feel most comfortable. Do you think that this is a good, viable option for someone who's in crisis, someone who might be suicidal? No, not at all. Our site is not meant to be a suicide hotline. We are not set up for that. Everywhere within our site, we will tell you if you are in crisis, you need to call 911. Our advisors are really there to advise people on specific emotional distress, not to help them if they think that they are going to be a harm to themselves or to others. That's, that's really a 911 emergency. And our advisors, if, if somebody does come on the site that is stating that, we will tell them to, you know, please hang up and call 911. And, and we also alert our admin to try to help them. But we are not a crisis hotline. What do you hope to achieve with this program, Nothing But Advice? I really hope that we can give everybody the access to qualified mental health providers so that they can address and deal with mental health issues as they arise. I I really hope that with this program, it helps to destigmatize mental health and mental health issues. Anxiety and depression run rampant in the United States and and all over the world. And if this can be one avenue to, to, again, grant people access to somebody that can help them, I think we're doing the, the world a huge service. So, Elise, where can our listeners go to get more information? They can go to our website, nothingbutadvice.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on LinkedIn. Elise, thank you so much for spending time with us. As you said, it is so important for us to remove the stigma that's attached to mental health issues. So thank you for sharing this with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We'll be right back. Do you worry about how to protect your family and valuables from intruders breaking into your home? Hi, I'm Dan Coleman, professional investigator and founder of Creative Solutions Investigative Services and Burglary Solutions. The thought of someone breaking into your home when you're away, or worse, someone entering your home when you're sleeping, is a frightening thought for all of us. Some simple steps can make a big difference in keeping your home safe and secure. Keep in mind that burglars and thieves want your valuables more than anything else. An experienced burglar knows that if they're confronted by a homeowner while committing the burglary, they could face more serious charges than if no one was home. So do everything you can to make your home look occupied at all times of the day. When it's dark, have multiple lights on timers, especially at dusk. During the day, make it look like there are children in the home. To protect yourself at night, make sure you have motion lights around the outside of your house and property. Did you know that most burglars are inside a home for less than three minutes? That's enough time to go to the master bedroom, steal jewelry or other valuables, and escape before the police arrive. So never store valuable or sentimental jewelry in a jewelry box inside your bedroom. Don't put off thinking about how to protect your home and family from a burglar until it's too late. If you need more information or assistance, you can contact me, Dan Coleman, through my website, csinvestigations.info or burglarysolutionsllc.com. 
It is no secret that many people wait until after the holiday season concludes before finally deciding to move on with their lives and commence the divorce process. My name is Robert Epstein, and I'm a partner with the family law firm of Ziegler, Zemsky, and Resnick in Livingston, New Jersey. Whether because of the family and the children, financial reasons, a hope that the marriage can be saved, an overwhelming schedule that leaves no time to act on this decision, or something else, each person has a rationale for why and when they are finally prepared to move forward. Oftentimes, people look at a decision to move forward with a divorce in the new year as a sort of New Year's resolution, which makes sense when considering that a resolution is designed to help you improve something in your life. A few things that you can consider doing to move forward are, number one, find the right divorce lawyer. Number two, outline your divorce goals. Number three, gather your financial documents. And number four, rely on that support system and professionals to help you get through a difficult time. With these steps in mind, the new year will present a clean slate and a chance to make positive changes in our lives that we might not have otherwise been ready for. Hopefully you will be better prepared when the time is right to make that decision for you. For more information, please contact me at Siegler, Zemsky, and Resnick, 973-533-1100 or robert at zzrlaw.com. Hi, this is Joan Herman. I am honored to be a special ambassador for the 2019 Coleman, North Jersey Race for the Cure. I hope that you'll join me and my race team on Sunday, May 5th at Liberty State Park for this 5K fun walk and 5K timed run. Sign up for my team at cyacyl.com slash Coleman. That's cyacyl.com slash Coleman. Join the fight. Save lives. Register now. Calm, vitality, mindfulness. We all want them, but they seem so hard to attain. Escape the stress and frenzy of the city streets. New York Open Center offers courses, trainings, and a vibrant community to help you start your journey for a more balanced and healthy life. Visit our website at opencenter.org for more information. Stop by our cafe and bookstore for all your wellness needs. Find your center at 30th and Madison. That's it for today's show. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Conversations with Joan, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided are the opinions of our guests and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on the site, listen to past shows on demand, read our digital magazine, take part in the book club, check out our team, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. The preceding pre-recorded program sponsored by Maximilian Communications, LLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.